You're listening to the Gov Future Podcast, highlighting discussions and insights around innovative technology impacting the public sector. Hear from experts working with and inside the government on ways that technology is shaping the future of the public sector. On this episode, we speak with Christine Sani, CEO of Sybil and Gov Future member. We talk about the need for governance for organizations, especially government agencies, that are adopting emerging technology, as well as the challenges organizations can face when developing governance processes. We discuss the role of governance as it relates to organizations on their digital transformation journey, and where technology adoption and governance are headed next. Stay tuned. And welcome to the Gov Future Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. I'm your host, Ron Schmelzer. And thank you guys again for really listening and sharing with you, with us, your feedback on Gov Future Podcast. We're now like several dozen episodes into it this year, and we're on a roll. We've been interviewing a lot of thought leaders, both inside and outside the government, works, folks working in the public sector, in the federal, state, local, international, and of course, our tech ecosystem that supports the government. And I think that's really fantastic. I've heard from many of you. Of course, for a lot of people, it's AI all day, all day. But <laughs> the funny thing is you've been hearing from these podcasts, you know, there's so much else happening in, in government technology that has really been pushing forward innovation in the public sector. And sometimes, you know, for a lot of us that have been working in a tech world, a lot of it seems, uh, well, you know, not super exciting. We're talking mobile apps and cloud and automation and things like that. But for the federal government, U.S. federal government in particular, and a lot of state and local governments, they are big transitions. They're moving sort of the government into, say, the more modern age. And those things have even more impact than uh, even some of the cool and futuristic stuff like AI. So for those of you that are listening to uh, Go Future podcast for the first time, definitely subscribe. We're on all the major platforms. And this is where you go to hear uh, how public sector agencies and those working with the government are adopting transformative technology and hear conversations on these key topics that will help uh, with the uh, move our gov future members and others learn the latest innovations and best practices to stay ahead of innovation in the public sector. And for our listeners that aren't familiar with the GovFuture community, GovFuture is the fastest growing community of government innovators. You can learn more at GovFuture.com. And for our podcast, we think it's important to bring together all different areas of our community because that's how, you know, sharing is how we really can move forward. So for today's podcast, we're excited to have with us Christine Sani, who is CEO at Sybil, and she's also a member of GovFuture. So welcome, Christine, and thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Kathleen, and thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity of being here. Yeah, we're looking forward to today's discussion. We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and your current role at Sybil, and maybe also explain what Sybil is very briefly for our listeners that may not know. Absolutely. So a little bit about my background. My background is in technology delivered as a service. Um, so I've had the incredible opportunity of working directly with clients. Um, to design solutions for their business challenges and needs. But I've also had the opportunity to advise and consult through what is called channel distribution. And so working with partners, other CEOs, um, MSPs on how to bring those solutions to their domestic and international end users. And it's taught me so much about using technology 
to not only meet the need, but also create an impact. And so, yes, I am uh, one of the founders and CEO at Sybil. I get to lead a great team of uh, governance innovators. And our work at Sybil is uh, designed around innovating governance for trusted outcomes. And so we have a uh, newly um, uh, issued notice of allowance on our patent uh, technology called proof of governance. Well, proof of governance, it takes policies, procedures, processes, those narrations that have guidelines um, and is designed to measure those um, uh, narrations for effectiveness um, and set an immutable record of that governance wellness. And so we are excited uh, to bring this technology to uh, the world and start really in our in our um, backyard here in the United States. So excited about the work that we're doing. Yeah, it's very exciting. And, you know, it's interesting because the topic of governance, and the topic of trust and verifiable systems has been coming up quite a bit lately, especially as we have systems that can generate stuff that we that may or may not be trusted. And of course, people are putting a lot more, well, have to put a lot more faith and confidence in government and the delivered services they get. And we're moving more digitally and we're doing a lot of remote work from home. And these things do stretch those boundaries. So, you know, maybe for our listeners, we could talk a little about that, talk a little bit about governance and especially governance for the government and public sector. Yeah. And there's those those words and letters in common, but, you know, <laughs> maybe help our listeners understand sort of like the challenges, the issues and kind of, you know, what we're talking about here. Yeah, absolutely. So you said a lot there, right? Uh, there is massive amounts of innovation, of transformation, um, of improved processes uh, and experiences, both internally and externally, all related uh, to outcomes. And so maybe it's important to maybe take one step back and say what governance is. Um, what governance is, is it starts with um, sets of policies, process, procedures, um, those narrations that I mentioned that guide and control the what and how operational functions work across an agency or an organization. Um, but governance doesn't stop with the policy or narration itself. Um, there also has to be a continuous act of measuring, testing, assessing, uh, what is working, and then being just as agile and dynamic as the ecosystem that is being governed. That is governance. And so when governance is uh, continuous, when it is prioritized, it actually creates new capabilities for, say, you know, an agency, um, and that those new capabilities um, give the agility, they create speed to correction, accountability, and ultimately, ultimately trust. And so some of the challenges that come with perhaps developing those governance processes and the frameworks, number one is just knowing often where to start, right? Um, you know, and a way to overcome where do you start? I, as an innovator, um, you have a problem set you want to address. How do I start? Where do I start? Um, and just using that first principles of thinking, when you are um, uh, looking to um, uh, create a governance framework for an outcome or a new initiative within the agency, 
It's actually starting out with where am I going and what is the outcome that I want to create and working backwards to then the functions, the operational functions that would support where we want to go or what that outcome is. And then, you know, looking at not only the functions, but who will support those functions or actually execute those functions. It could be people, it could be systems. And understanding the interdependencies of all of those elements. And then once you have that understanding and those considerations laid out, then the governance or the policies um, that need to support all of those things working together uh, becomes a lot more clear. And so it's starting with the end in mind and 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 working uh, your way backwards. I think another challenge um, that I, uh, you know government agencies would face in the in the midst of you know transformation and innovation is once you've figured out you know where to start, it's what we've put in place, how well is it working? And so that's a visibility issue, right? And so um, visibility into what is working well, um, what is creating bottlenecks, challenges, um, that's something that does require a mechanism um, to provide that insight in, in, in real time versus waiting to get to the end of something and seeing that it didn't work. Uh, that's, that's the work that Sybil is working on um, and and wants to bring to to market. Um, so I, I hopefully that answered your question. I think it's knowing where to start and then the visibility of what I've put in place. Does it work? Absolutely. Yeah, we always like to say think big, start small, and iterate often. Because exactly. if you think big and start big, you're never going to get anywhere, right? So make sure you have the end goal in mind, but then really do start small. Make sure that you can actually implement things. And that brings me to my next question, which is talking about challenges, because this is, you know, something that's necessary, but not always easy to do. So what are some of the challenges that organizations can face when developing governance processes? Yeah, I think it's it's just what we've described, which is, um, to your point, if you start big, you know, think big and start big, um, you you don't have clear direction as to. Um, what is actually going to get you there? And so it's knowing that as an organization, you're charged with a mission, you're charged with a set of responsibilities, perhaps you're delivering specific um, service to um, uh, uh, the warfighter or uh, to uh, the veteran or to the people. And so um it's looking at what are the deliverables and being able to develop a governance framework that supports the quality of those deliverables. And oftentimes when you're faced with that, outside of the um, regulatory guidelines that are requiring a set of policies, but only giving you guidance, not giving you the specificity, um, it's, it's, I have to write a policy to be in compliance with this, but I also have to write a policy that supports where we're going. Um, so often there can be sort of that gap and in, in that disconnect. And that that's what I'm speaking of is maybe not knowing where to start. Um, surely that could be a challenge. Um, and so there's steps to 
uh, to work backwards to the to the policy and and make sure you have those considerations. But the other piece, um, I think it it really is visibility into what is working well. Once you've put these policies in place, how are you? Uh, uh, how are you? You know, identifying on a continuous basis how well these things are working. Um, that surely uh, is a challenge um, for organizations, um, both in the public and private sector. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually something we've seen and we've talked about directly when it comes to this idea of trustworthiness, which is sort of this yeah. bigger goal. And we realized, well, it's kind of like you peel back the onion or a parfait, if you will, if you just Shrek, but the layers, right? <laughs> there are all these layers. And it's the idea of, you know, well, you have the ethics and what's, what's right and what's wrong. And you have responsibility, the things, even if it's right or wrong, being responsible and doing things the right way. Then you have that next layer of governance with the putting in the rules and the policies and procedures. And you talked about this as well, transparency, because transparency, yes. all these things relate to trust. People don't trust systems that they can't see even if there are rules, because they don't know how the policies are being implemented consistently, not consistently. We see organizations getting into all sorts of trouble, you know, with this sort of stuff, whether it's, you know, policies around procurement, policies around HR, even policies around yes. finance. I mean, so many policies here. And when people can't see things, they make up their own, you know, ideas. And that's never a good thing. So so maybe, you know, let, let's little talk a little about that, because part of what organizations yeah try to do is maybe you could talk about that idea of the layers, if you will, but also like in you know, this idea of, you know, people are trying to transform their organizations in this digital way to make them more responsive and, and take advantage of the latest technology. But there's a, there's a role that governance obviously uh, plays in all that. Well, I mean, absolutely. I, I don't want to miss where you're going with trust because it's, it's twofold, right? Um, what you're describing is the trust of the outcome. Um, and so that is whoever is the recipient of that outcome. Do they trust that outcome based on what they know? Right. And are you, you know, doing what you say you're doing? Right. And so that's one layer of trust. But I, I, I want to um, encourage <laughs> um, uh, organizations everywhere <laughs> that governance creates a lot of value when it is prioritized, when you can see that governance is not um, uh, uh, this overbearing hindrance to your innovation, but it actually supports and facilitates the trust of your innovation. And so that trust actually starts within the organization. And what role does governance play when you're in the midst of digital transformation, when you're in the midst of any type of innovation, automation? Um, governance becomes then a control to mitigate risk. So governance has these different roles that it can play at any given time. Um, but when you're specifically speaking to transformation and innovation, governance, when it is prioritized, especially in that life cycle, becomes the control to mitigate the risk. And it says that you're committed to, to building the efficiency and to, to innovating for uh, the consumers of that innovation and those outcomes. So building the efficiency for improved outcomes. But 
you are also not willing to risk those outcomes for the sake of the innovation. And so it's a very powerful awareness where you say, wow, um, we can innovate. You know, we can use these technologies, but let's, as we're using them, consider the impact that it has on my people, on the process, on the deliverables. And let's build policy that allows us to understand and assess. So that could be reporting requirements. Um, that could be the, the collection of new data points. Uh, and so governance really becomes, in terms of a role, a supporting supporting structure to mitigate to mitigate risk. Yeah, I think that that is incredibly important and, you know, well said. So as different, you know, government agencies, organizations are leveraging, you know, they're looking to governance and specifically for government government agencies, how are they leveraging partners and vendors to stay up to date with emerging technology and innovation? Because at GovFuture, we like to bring together the entire ecosystem, right? There's a lot to learn on both ends, government talking to private industry and private industry talking to government. So maybe, you know, what have you seen with government agencies leveraging partners and vendors? How are they doing that? Yeah, and I can definitely speak to what what Sybil has seen. Um, I can't speak to uh, government agencies and their strategy, but what I can say is that I, um, as as founder and CEO of, of Sybil, um, as Sybil has been able to attend some incredible events, um, join some incredible communities that are solely focused on bringing uh, industry together to brief government agency on emerging technologies, um, to understand open requirements or needs of the agencies. And I think that's very powerful. I think the responsibility for industry becomes that we prioritize meeting our buyers, understanding the challenges that they are faced with, understanding their desire to innovate and create efficiencies, and being willing to uh, dive deeper into uh, the use cases. Um, I think that is a responsible way to bring emerging technology to the government. Um, so I think it is it is a relational partnership, um, wanting to understand before selling a solution um, and making sure that the solution that you're selling um, serves those needs identified in that discovery uh, process and that it will bring uh, the desired outcomes that the agencies are in need of. Um, and so I... Um, I commend the, the 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 agencies because I am seeing more opportunity to come together um, and just have the dialogue to exchange ideas and and um, uh, requirements and to uh, be able to um, uh, provide um, uh, information related to um, the need. I think that's 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 actually really really, really important step um, before. I'm bringing technology into um, an agency. Absolutely. It's some pretty, pretty big ideas we're talking about, honestly, because a lot of this comes down to like the ability to deliver what people want to deliver and the ways that we need to deliver them and the responsibility that the organizations have to all the stakeholders. And right. uh, yeah, this is, this is big stuff. This is not like, uh, I don't know, some, some <laughs> incremental technology thing we're talking about. This is fundamental. 
And it's interesting because when you were talking about governance and we were talking about these two sides of of, of trust here, which is interesting. Actually, first um, we had really discussed or, or thought about that. It's really very, very cool. And some, something, you got our gears turning here. Yeah. Uh, and and it's interesting because it's sort of like there's this idea of the governance almost a little bit like as methodology, which is like as mm. providing in place. And it's interesting because sometimes it's sort of like when the uh, you know when the doctor tells you that you need to change your behavior to achieve some outcome, and most people just don't want to do that, whether it's you know, exercise or eating or whatever it is. And be- people are hard to change, you know, even if it's for their like, sure. will live longer. If you do, they're like, eh, I'll keep snacking after night. You know, it's tough, man. It's really tough to, to, to get these, these, these uh, methodology changes into place, right? It's easier just to buy the technology than to, than to do the thing, I guess. Right. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's interesting that you use that, um, uh, because, you know, when I think about governance and um, governance wellness and 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 what that means, um, I it's easy to sort of to liken it to, okay, I've been told that I have to, you know, lose 30 pounds. And so um, I've been told that, you know, in order to lose 30 pounds, I have to watch what I'm eating. And so I get on this health journey, I watch what I'm eating. And even though I'm losing weight, I'm damaging a kidney, right? And so I go back to the doctor and say, doctor, I've lost all of this weight. And you say, well, fantastic. That's wonderful. And then you do the diagnostic, you do the assessment, you do the blood work, and you realize the kidney's not functioning, right? And so it's not enough to even have the methodology. And so I go back to what governance is beyond the methodology or the narration. It's also the accountability of asking whether or not it's working. I liken it to the topic of ethical AI. This is a big one. Um, can AI be ethical? Um, and so when you're using any technology, it's first understanding that the responsibility of whoever is using this technology to deliver an outcome is never the responsibility of the technology. That that responsibility of what is ethical, of of what is uh, you know disciplined um, engineering. I heard this term a couple of days ago. Disciplined engineering. Um, when you are innovating, when you are implementing even a new methodology, when you're implementing new policies, it's understanding that the responsibility still remains in the one that is uh, governing, the one that is using, the one is that is delivering the outcome. And so um, I think there is responsible engineering, there's disciplined engineering, there's uh, responsible innovation that's making sure you have the policies to support and the processes and the checks and the balances to mitigate risk as you are creating these new experiences. Are new experiences important to moving society forward and better supporting um, those that you're serving, absolutely a thousand percent, yes. But there is a requirement, a responsibility, the ethics of what we do that requires us to take consideration. Um, and so uh, I think governance is just that powerful. It allows us to move forward as a society, having considered the impact. Yeah. 
That's fantastic. That, that's just a great conversation. <laughs> I'm sure you can go on for a while. And I hope hope our <laughs> listeners listeners engage. That's what we tell you. It's not a one way conversation with you, our podcast listeners. Comment, engage, connect. We want to hear from you as well. I know we have a couple more questions here, but that, you know that let's uh, let us continue this conversation as well uh, afterwards. And so, uh, I guess my question to you, just in general, you know, as we think about. Uh, what these government agencies can do and the approaches they can take. Some of it has to do with with culture and fostering some cultural change, right? Some yeah. of this has to do with uh, culture of data-driven innovation. Some of it's uh, being more governance forward uh, and some other, other aspects. So, so how do you, what approaches can government agencies take to foster some of these, this cultural change, cultural innovation to accelerate all their initiatives that they're trying to do to deliver the services in the way that uh, they need to do? Well, I think, number one, your people create your culture. And so you have to bring people to the table. You have to expand who's at the table. And so when we talk about responsible innovation or fostering a culture of data-driven, when anytime you're changing a behavior, you have to consider what that change will do to the whole and so it's bringing more of the whole into the discussion. Uh, when when we're innovating, it's important to understand the impact of innovation on your culture, on your people. So bring them to the table. Be willing to hear um, their feedback, their constructive criticism. Um, will it actually improve what they do to create the culture? Will it improve the output of their work? Um, and if so hear from them if they will need additional training, upskilling. Um, and so all of these things can be identified up front before um, new methods, systems, automations are implemented and you've not considered um, the impact on the culture. So I think it's just keeping the culture at the center of what you're doing um, and then developing and innovating around it. Yeah, that's great. You know, we always say that too, right? You need, I, I think that you're right. It, it, people really do set the culture and it can yeah. change over time, which is both good and bad. But we have seen that ourselves where some people just have this energy about them and they're really driving things and they set this great tone for different organizations and things get done and people feel excited and really feel right part of the team and want to move forward. And then there's other situations where leadership is not the same and they don't have that drive. And I think change is scary. And when leadership is not really encouraging everybody and making them not fear, right? Because we always say there's fear and concerns around any you know new change. technology, any change, right? And yeah. so you have to address both of them. Some are rational, some are emotional, but you know, like you both were talking about earlier, people are very emotional, right? And they're not going to change just because you tell them to. They're going to go, I don't care. I need to lose 30 pounds. I'm not doing it. It means I can't eat my donuts every day. So they're not going to do it. So you really need kind of, you know, we say that top-down approach really, really has a major impact. And I think that as you start to see different organizations and different groups and different cultures, you really get to see that firsthand and how that makes a major, major difference. Right. And I think just to add to that, it's just uh, what you're describing is also gaining an understanding, having clarity, right? We're all on the same page as to why this change is even needed, right? And sometimes it's just, oh, wow, if I set the right expectation, 
if everyone has the clarity and understanding of why it's important, then we can all move in the same direction. So change, I mean, imagine you have vectors all pointing in the same direction. There's an announcement, new change is coming. And so already, wherever that change is leading us to, it's already started to turn. But everyone else is still going in the in the same old, same old, same old. And so how do you get all vectors to turn in the same direction so that we're continuing to get closer to our mission and get closer to our vision? And so sometimes it's just a need for understanding as to the why and the value that it's going to bring. And I think when you can bring more people to the table to understand that, then they can champion that change throughout the organization. Agreed. This has been such a wonderful conversation. And we always like to wrap up our interviews with the final question because our guests are able to bring such, you know, their own personal unique experiences into their answers. So what do you see or hope to see as the future of technology and innovation in the government? Um, This is such an an exciting question. (laughs) I think it's an important question, but I will answer it more from the... um, the domain of governance. And so what I hope to see are policies that support innovation and the use of technologies within the government um, that creates a thriving government, right? Internally, we talked about, right, that first layer of trust, but also for those that the government serves, people. Um, And so I think if we have that awareness that governance can create value and it can support um, the enhancements and capabilities of the government, then that can translate into the use of technologies responsibly moving everyone in the same direction, creating trust, and ultimately us seeing a government that is thriving. Um, And with a government that is thriving, then um, surely they can create opportunities for people to thrive. Um, So that's what I hope to see. Fantastic. Yeah, as much as this has been a great interview, we're, we're thrilled to be engaging with you and having yeah. you participate in this community. So, Christine, I just wanted to thank you so much for sharing your insights with our GovFuture community and our podcast listeners and, uh, you know, really hoping and wishing and driving success your direction. Thank you so much. And thank you to GovFuture's podcast, Ron, Kathleen, you've been wonderful. Um, and so we just appreciate, Sybil appreciates the opportunity to engage and be a part of the community. So thank you so much for what you do. Yes, thank you. Um, And if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us. As we mentioned earlier, we're on all the major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify. So definitely rate us. We love when you reach out as well, especially if there's any topics you'd like us to be focused on or any guests. And if you're not a member already, you should consider becoming a Gut Future member to take advantage of all that the community has to offer, including access to a diverse network of government innovators, opportunities to collaborate with government agencies, exclusive access to events and resources, and a platform to have a voice in shaping the future of government innovation. To sign up, you can go to govfuture.com join, and we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes as well. We also have great resources if you're looking to get more insight and detail on a range of technology that we discussed in the podcast and also other topics as well. I encourage you to go to govfuture.com resources, and we'll link to that as well. In there, you'll find books and resources, checklists, explainer videos, webinars, and more that are tailored just for you, our GovFuture listeners. 
To view this episode's show notes, find additional episodes, subscribe to this podcast, and join the fastest growing community of government innovators, go to govfuture.com slash podcast. This sound recording and its contents are copyright GovFuture, all rights reserved. Music by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening to the GovFuture podcast and catch you at the next episode.